0: Ace Hashimoto Des here with uh, my cousin Jimmy. Yo yo yo, what's good? Had to uh, bring him in with me, y'all, cause I was I tried to do it one time by myself, but it just felt weird, like talking to myself, especially for like more than like 15, 20 minutes. So I was like, let me let me let me get somebody to come help me out with this. Um, so yeah, so this episode is about to be a one a one-off. I'm not sure if I'm gonna do more of them later down the line. I just wanted to do this one because I was trying to think of some like creative, you know, unique ways to promote the project. Like I I know a lot of folks to do, you know, um maybe like you know, YouTube videos or something like that or like you know, maybe like a special like Instagram post or something. But I don't know any artists who've done like uh, a special podcast episode, you know what I'm saying to promote their project, so I want to do something different If y'all see people doing this after the, after me You know what I'm saying Just know where they got it from More than likely um, We gonna get right into it though So what I want to talk about in this project Oh actually you know what Now I can get right into it Cause what I actually want to talk about first Is my Patreon Super important y'all I, I, I kid you not. This is the most important thing to me. I feel like for the next two years is to build this Patreon and up because I love Patreon. I I heard about it for so many years. You know, like you watching YouTube videos, everybody trying to like you know promote their Ridge Wallet or you know what's what's the other one, the um the VPN one, NordVPN and something like that over Oh like, yep, yeah. Yep. They, you know what I'm saying. Their, their Patreon page and stuff. So, but then I looked. i like, yo, Patreon's actually super tight. It's like a really cool like. Way to build your community And you know any Anybody who's on your Patreon They there Because they want to be there It's like no passerby is there Like on Instagram You get random folks Who just be ducking in and out you know say pick their head in see something like and then they go the next week whatever i thought you can really like build a real community on patreon so i really want to promote that i really want everybody to join up even if you don't want to spend any of the like the paid tiers or whatever like that it's fine like just just follow it honestly i would just appreciate it if y'all just follow the patreon it's like the most important thing ever um also gotta say album releases um, may 21st i don't know if y'all gonna get this after or before the project drop um, it just depends on when they could process and put this online, pretty much. Whatever though, but uh, yeah, May twenty-first. Uh, now we can start it off. So uh, we're going to go into the first record, uh, Jimmy. You had a you had a chance to hit the whole project and everything, right? Yes, sir. Okay, so um, first record was "Zombie." The introduction. Um, this one I wanted to this one I wanted to I wanted to like kind of like tap into like the whole meaning of the project like the whole vibe of it which is basically nostalgia right like I really wanted to tap into like my childhood and like a big part of that was like video games obviously and music and um, the kind of the soundtracks that came with these games so um, i wasn't going to just straight up rip like some gran turismo soundtrack music but i wanted to play or create something that i thought would sound like it could be some gran turismo menu music so and uh gran turismo it was actually
1: going to be one of my questions that's what? crazy oh well, i can't that uh i sw- i straight up thought that you ripped it from a game somewhere because it just sounded <laughs> so i, I really fi- we had just me and the guys that went to a uh, icy phone world recently and we played a few racing games mm-hmm. and that was some shit I would pretty much here. So I'm thinking like he probably, you know, sampled his probably favorite game from childhood um, and threw it on there. But I was hearing this. I'm actually very surprised to know that you did that yourself. That's actually crazy. It sounded like it sounded like a, it sounded like a main menu. It sounded like I was literally selecting my car, right. and getting ready to, you know, pick my map and all that good stuff. Like I said, it hit even harder just because I just came from out of the phone a couple weeks ago. <laughs> So that's, that's actually crazy. Okay,
0: so mission accomplished. That's literally how I want it to sound. And, I mean, it's also like a little dream of mine since forever to, to, like, produce, like, the soundtrack to a video game someday. Like, let me just get free reign and do it. So every time I have an opportunity to make video game-type music, I always jump on it. So, like, yeah, I wanted to do, like, if, if I had a racing game to produce for, this is, like, that's what it would sound like pretty much. And if I, yeah, if I if you got that vibe instantly off of it, then I know I, I, uh, I succeeded in that regard. So I really
1: wanted to just drive that home, no pun intended. Um, the whole Even the, uh, going through the Even going through the whole Menu selection part Like hearing it like go through yeah, the like, of like the sounds the Making a selection Yeah that That was sick That was actually super super sick That you were able to put that in there Like that Now that Did you do that yourself too or yeah, what, yeah, I you, that in,
0: yeah I threw that in there The whole, the whole uh, I'll show you i trying to build the ambiance I feel like I feel like with this project I want to like also play around With like that whole ambiance building Like so from like the first intro track Like this one um, you know, to sounds like you know, you you know, you in the room with me while I'm playing the game and I'm you know booting it up and everything on the PS to like the last last track too where it has its own ambiance and everything. I was trying to build like environments and I'm gonna probably do more of that in the future as like I just get better at like sound design and stuff like that. I'm gonna study, you know, do a little bit of studying and all that, but I wanna definitely do more of it. Uh okay. you know, so moving on from there, uh track number two is uh girls, which I mean everybody has heard by now, I hope. Um, that one I did with my boy PH1 shout out to him and it was produced by Lofow who uh, is a super talented producer he actually produced for uh, H-E-R Her you know I'm pretty sure Her won uh, a Grammy like last year I think I want to say last year so and should know who she is at
1: this point, it's twenty twenty one. Yeah, yeah I, I feel like D2. yeah, so I got a Grammy
0: winning <laughs> producer or Grammy lose Grammy Artist producing uh you know, producer on the project. So that was and I, I actually um I've known Low since before that That actually popped off, whatever though. But uh yeah, I had that I had that drawn actually for a minute. That beat I had sitting baby for like a year. And I just like Because I wasn't doing nothing, you know, I was quiet, honestly. I, I think I wrote that one in twenty like twenty eighteen, I wanna say. Uh oh that's crazy. I just remember I had a um, this was like during my my travels when I was trying to figure out what I wanted to do next. I remember I was I was like uh, applying for some job and they have they had uh, they basically paid for me to come out and go to of town. it was like the interview's like like towns over like cities over. So they paid for like a hotel and like transportation and all that. And I was in the hotel bored as hell by myself. It was like a nice hotel like it, it felt like a, like a little bedroom basically. All I had was my laptop on me. So I was like you know what man Let me just pull this laptop out Let me try and mess around With some music So this has been, it's been a while I pulled that beat out And then it, That time for some reason When I heard the beat Like the actual Like the lyrics Just you know The melody it all Came to me right then and, uh, It came to you. <laughs> Yeah it'd be like that Sometimes you'll have a beat You'll get a beat And then you'll like Want to do something to it But it, the vibe just don't catch you But you know it's there though So you just sit on it For a long time And you just wait For that time to come And that was one of them, um, the beats That just took some time To come
1: to fruition Like the song came, came to fruition <laughs> The fact that you were able to sit on this record though For two years though For it to still sound Like I said Fresh New um, And not like it just been sitting on your hard drive For you know Collecting dust Oh longer than that crazy. It was It's definitely at least three years At least Definitely at least three years That's even better Especially right now You know music is so Microwaveable yeah. You know music You bump it for maybe a week Maybe a couple months Six months top If you know somebody put a little bit of effort into it um, But then typically You don't hear that song again So the fact that you've able to sit on this For over two years and for it to still sound like this is actually crazy.
0: It's funny you did, uh, you bring that point up too. That's something that I was thinking about like when I was working on the project. I was like, you know what, like, and I wasn't even thinking about COVID. I didn't know COVID was gonna hit. I wasn't that prophetic. But I was just like, you know what, whatever I do in this next project, I wanted to feel timeless. Like, I, I don't want to use no 808s on it. Like, or if I do, it's gotta be minimal or in some unique way that is that it don't date the project pretty much. And it worked out because by be making a um, a project that's not so dated. I that you know when COVID hit. Um, and all that that time came, that break was there, pretty much, where like people just weren't doing much. I definitely wasn't trying to release my project. Um, my project didn't suffer at all. It wasn't like, oh shoot, I got this one song. Like I got a few songs I got to put out now because I use this line. You know, it was like some kind of meme line or something like that. And that meme gonna be stale by the time it come out. Or like, oh, I I, I, <laughs> I did this one certain sound that like everybody doing now. Like I got it wasn't none of that. Everything I did on, on the on this project sound wise was just something that just it didn't it didn't have a date it was his personality it's just me so uh it worked out that yeah when the co- with COVID hit that uh there was that long break and then myself when I just wanted to take a long ass break I ain't like doing nothing music wise I had the luxury to do that I, I could literally have the because the whole project actually been done since uh early 20 like maybe like me at 2019 so this, this project actually when they get it this project's two and a half about two and a half years old that's the funny thing about it
1: every single song been done about two and a half years mixed and mastered that's insane yes that's actually insane and again but the fact that you can sit on music that long and it still sounds good this far into the future is just a testament um, of the effort and the just the the wellness off of the music that you put out
0: yeah i'm uh i'm I'm grateful that uh, i had that mindset to do that and uh yeah i've been listening to it for like the last two and a half years of course giving it the car test and all that (laughs) you know but but the fact that I kept liking it and kept listening to it and kept enjoying it I
1: was like, "Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. this is going to be lit. This is going to be cool when it's come around." Um, so I got to ask oh, you yeah, this. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. I got to ask you this actually. So, uh PH1, how did you link up with him? So like, how did that process go? Did he reach out to you? Did you reach out to him? Like how did how did you kind of pull him in for this record?
0: I actually met PH through my boy Sick K and uh Sick K uh I I found him through this viral YouTube video it was like back in the day it was like this uh, remember, you remember the, in Chicago they had that that train where they would be freestyling whatever and they'd be like some some hmm oh yeah Talent- her- like high like ancient- serait- entire- yeah high right right
1: right so they
0: so they did their own Korean version of that actually and Sick K was one of the rappers I was like oh buddy I don't understand what the fuck he's saying you know it's in Korean it just the flow was so hard it just sounded right and I was the fact that they was doing it I was just like I gotta like reach out to buddy so um, I reached out Whatever We connected And then You know Time later I ended up out in Korea And I hit him up to Link He brought PH1 with him mm-hmm. Who was his label mate And then um, PH was kind of like Also playing translator A little bit You know Because his PH1 I was going to say You sound
1: like a lot of Google Translate Going oh, on yeah. for this How did you even get, into, even get that close To even doing that Because I would have been On Google Translate For at least an hour <laughs> Trying to say Hey I want to get you On this record um, When PH was uh, Telling about his stuff I went to go check out His music and I was like, I had, when I heard him
0: instantly, I was like, Oh man, I got a feeling. Me and him actually got a our sound actually links a lot more, even more than Sick K's. And then I mean, it turned out that me and PH ended up getting. It. When I did that record, basically in the hotel that time, actually I had um when I recorded the rough, I, had, I did like a voice note version of it on an iPhone, and I sent it to him because I was like, I, I bet he would sound really dope on this. I sent it to him. He hit back like the next day, maybe maybe a day after, and was like, Oh, this fire, I'm finna put something down. I get right back to you. It was like not even a week later. The, the verse, his verse, was right back to me. And it obviously it sounded dope, whatever. And then I went back and did my full recording. But I had a feeling it was going to turn out that way that I was going to record with PH before I even got a chance to do anything with Sick K just because it was just so much easier. Like our sound was already pretty similar. Whereas with Sick K, I love his music. and I know he appreciates and respect mine, but our
1: sounds are different. We have to make it work. You know what I mean? Interesting. Okay. Okay. Did, was there anyone else you probably intended? Was he like your first idea or first thought of putting up as a putting as the for the uh, feature on this record, or did you think of a few other people uh, as well that you pro- potentially wanted to put on this girl's record?
0: Oh no, nah, definitely it was always PH for sure. When I when I did it, I was um yeah, I just did the verse. No, not the verse. I did the hook and the verse. I did the hook and the verse, and then I was just thinking I was just like, I feel like it was PH for sure. I was like, it's got this kind of vibe that I just feel like. He would he would be the perfect person to put in there. So, yeah, it was no mistake in my mind that he was going to do his thing on it. Now, what I wanted him to do, I wanted him to do some Korean on there, too, because, you know, I'm all about, like, wanting to brand, uh, bridge that gap between uh, different cultures, especially over in Asia, like, to be able to make it comfortable and, like, normalize to hear a record with English and Korean or English and Japanese, and still enjoy it just the same. So um he ended up just doing straight up English on it, which is still fire, you know what I'm saying? But uh I was definitely trying to give him a throw a little Korean in there, but he was like, no, nah, that's what I want to do. So I have to let you know respect his
1: artistry. Okay. My last question on girls is this actually, I gotta ask you. How hard was it to get the people to kinda cooperate for the music video for girls? Because I'm saw that you had like you look like you were in Korea, had people, you know, involved in the music video, how hard was it to kind of walk up to people? Um, and kind of like, hey, I want you to be in my music video. How did that process go? Glad you
0: brought that up because I I totally forgot about that part. Oh, yeah, so the video actually um, is pretty... I mean, I love the video and it came together kind of like really last minute in a sense because I I knew I wanted to shoot a video for it because I knew it was going to be like the single um, for the project, but I was just like, you know, how am I... Is he going to be in L.A. anytime soon or whatever? He was like, I ain't going to be out there anytime soon. I got this tour popping off, whatever, in Korea. I got to do this, that, and Thursday, some recording and stuff. So basically, it's going to come down to me going to, to Korea. And actually, I was looking for an excuse to go out there anyway, just because I love shopping in Korea. Um, and I love the, um, <laughs> I love that name out there, too. is real fiery. I got to get that. But, um, but um yeah, so I went out there on a weekend. Literally, I went out there on, like, a Friday. I shot the video on a Saturday. I was, like, packing up and flying back on a Sunday. It was that quick. And then, ironically, um, Devin Morrison ended up just having to be in Korea at that same time. So when he saw me posting. What I'm was he doing out there? I, I, what was he doing? out? There? He was working with. Uh, I want to say he was working with um, this dude named Ugly Duck. He's a, he's a producer, uh rapper and uh, out of Korea also. And he he runs These with. His name um, is
1: getting wilder and wilder. Yeah, that he he runs crazy. with AOMG
0: uh, <laughs> squad or higher music and shit, whatever, which is um, Sit K and uh, PH's uh like their label higher music whatever so it's it's like owned by jay park so uh he was Devin was out there working with i believe, I believe he's out there working with ugly duck for that sole reason for not mistaken um or something similar like that but uh yeah he happened to be out there whatever he saw my instagram post like the stories and he was like yo you out here like let's connect so i hit him up whatever we connected whatever i told him i to shoot the video the next day so he popped out uh shoot the video i had my um the camera crew i kind of already known of in korea Uh, So it came together pretty quickly too, because I had just kind of told them at some point I was gonna want to shoot a video. Um, So when the the opportunity came, I built the treatment real quick, shot it out to them. They put it together. When I got to Korea, they had it all set up and good to go. So yeah, it was pretty easy, honestly, getting it, um, getting it off, because everybody was like kind of like me. They had that level of like urgency and like professionalism. So like it was just a matter of get there, and it was gonna make it happen. And then we got there, we shot it all up. Like I said, like a day, like a day's time total. And like, so I was back on the plane back to uh, Chicago, and the uh, video was done at that point, whatever. It got mixed, I think, and like, not mixed, I'm sorry, uh, edited, whatever, in like short time. I want to say maybe like a few months or something like that for
1: all it was. And I just sat on the video for like two and a half years again. Oh, you're wild. So that's the shit. fact that you again, if I can even sit on this that long, and it's still, like I said, the video doesn't look like it missed a beat. Like I said, it's 2021 now. Only, the only telltale sign
0: is because PH's hair is blind
1: at that point. That's the only thing. Is his hair is blonde. That's how you would know, like, okay, this ain't current. That's still crazy. That's still <laughs> crazy. So before we hit this next record, uh One woman, uh, one Man Woman, I gotta ask you, because I think we didn't ask to go over it, actually. The title of this album, Play Make Believe, mm-hmm. how did you come up with it? What was the album potentially going to be named? How, what made you settle on Play Make Believe?
0: So Play Make Believe is like the process of making your, your love become like a career, I guess, in a sense, like in a sense, right? Like kind of like you first you just play around with it Like you're just having fun It's just a fun thing Right Maybe it's like For you it's Maybe it's ball or something Right like And they just like Just playing ball for fun On the court with the homies Or whatever And then it's make It's like The part of the stage Where you really start to actually like Per, put some purpose behind it like you're not just shooting around just be shooting around but now you like actually specifically specifically um, working on free throws or layups you know and dribbling and all that whatever the hell and then the believe part is that, that believe in it that, and all that you've done like you know to master your craft or master your passion whatever that it can be as large as you want to. but you have you know you really believe in it and you just share it out put it out there in the world for it to be shared and uh, become whatever it's gonna become. So that's pretty much what play make believe is. It's like that pulling from this, the early like stages of just having fun with it, which is like the nostalgia factor that I, I brought to the album. Mm-hmm. And then the focus part, like the making part, whatever, like the focus and just really fine tuning it. And then the belief part, that part of like just that having that great ambition that a great person has at some point, right? Elon Musk or uh, you know. Uh, uh, Jeff Bezos or something or Walt Disney or Martin Luther King or whoever like you just when you take all that you've learned and all that you've worked on and all that was a, that was, you know love and passion to you and then you just you believe in it and in, in
1: how large and how big it can be. So what was the what was the almost the name of the album? So I know Plague Believe is what you said it on but what was like the runner up or what did you almost like you know what maybe it's not going to be Play May Believe maybe to be this or that. I, did you have any other I knew I knew Play Make Believe was gonna be the name of my first album. Period. just because I've been
0: sitting on that for like years since like early, early, early. Like probably like since before like it was even thought of. Like twenty, like twenty twelve or something like that. Like it's like way before. That's some yeah. crazy foreshadowing. Yeah, that is
1: some crazy foreshadowing. I just
0: knew whenever whenever it came, it was gonna be this. Was gonna be the title. But actually, at when when um twenty nineteen had came, whatever project was done and wrapped up and then i ran through some bullshit like like legal issues with like with certain artists and stuff like that whatever and then the covid hit and now it was just like all right man fuck this i was like i don't even want to do the project no more i was like whatever And then uh when my label came back around i was like hey man like you know we got we should still put this put this out whatever you know let's let's um let's revisit this you know the launch whatever i was just like well if you're gonna go back and do it i think i want to change some things so i changed the album cover um the album cover that y'all gonna have is actually the new Album cover is not the original album cover. The album cover that released in Japan exclusively is actually the original album cover but then I also wanted to change the title of the album to Triceratops um, this is my favorite dinosaur and I, I just had this this sticks since forever I just <laughs> been loving dinosaurs especially the Triceratops and so I was just like I want to call it Triceratops and it also kind of fits into my merch that uh like merch slash like clothing shit that, I, that I, I have fun with whatever called Triceratops like T-shirts like, like tops whatever so I wanted to do that but then the label was like nah last minute we can't um, change the title because we already did like certain paperwork and all that shit we we'll have to go back and do it all over again but we can change the album cover if you want to do that So we ended up selling for just changing the album cover, making it more up to date. My hair grew a lot longer since then, too. So I was like, let me go ahead and get a (laughs) uh, more current photo that's more, you know, uh, relevant to where I'm at right now. Mentally,
1: artistically, uh, hair length wise, all that. Okay, okay. All right. So the third track on here, One Man Woman. All right. When I first heard this track, definitely thought it was fire. But the most interesting part to me, though, was the second verse. So I noticed the second verse seemed to still be you, uh, but just kind of like some pitched up or pitched down (laughs) or pitched out vocals. What gave you the crazy idea to do that? So, you know, the average rapper, artist, singer would just go and grab, you know, grab a female artist and ask them to be on the track, but you decided to just do it yourself. What gave you the idea for that?
0: I was finna go that same route and just, you know, obviously it's like the, the thing to do, right? You need a, a duet. You go get a girl to do a duet with whatever. And I've done that before, like on on, on tracks, whatever. But um, but because I kept shopping it around, it was like a total of like maybe like two, two and a half months, three months, I've been trying to get somebody on that record. It started to grow on me Like the version that I sent Which was the version With the high pitched vocals So that the girls Can kind of hear Like a reference Basically like How they be singing it Whatever Mm. But it started to grow on me I was like You know what It actually don't sound that bad It actually even Some motherfuckers Even thought
1: it was a girl Like it actually sound right And I thought back to um, Oh I know I know I did too (laughs) When I first heard it I definitely thought it was a girl And then I had to Bring it back And I was like I
0: don't, I don't know. So I went back actually, and I um I fine tuned the the girl singing a little bit better because what I remember is like my favorite Prince record. Period is uh called uh, If I Was Your If I Was Your Girlfriend, and it's um this record by Prince where he did this like he basically pitched his vo- his vocals up, and he uses alter ego which is called uh, Camille. And I thought about that and I'm like, damn, you know what? Never knew yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, check it out. Mm-hmm. It's, it's pretty lit. He was going to a whole album um under this alter ego, this girl alter ego version of himself. But uh, his record company didn't, you know, they didn't clear it, whatever. Though, but uh, but yeah, he did, like a few songs like that, and it's like one of my, it's not my, it's not, it's definitely my favorite song by Prince for sure, my number one favorite. But I was like, you know what, this actually kind of sounded like it's in that same vibe. So I went back, like I said, just like fine tune the girl singing, listen to you know the Prince record, and uh, actually I even hopped on my my sick ass went on YouTube and was looking for uh, like dudes like who were um, trans who like had to convert to oh, you women, actually how, how they actually yes, so how they got their voice to sound like a girl I was studying YouTube videos on how they did that just so I could record and make it sound as authentic as I possibly could that's how hard I went
1: on this that takes a different level <laughs> but you know what they say you want something done right do it yourself and so you avoid it you know having to play around anybody else's time or getting to do it the way you needed it done so you did it yourself. I think that's absolutely insane. So I do want to ask you, though, what was your inspiration for One Man Woman? So outside of we got past the, you did what you did in the verse, your inspiration for making this track, what, what what was the first thing that came to mind or what gave you the idea for it?
0: It was, um, I was, I was cooling with my ex-girlfriend at the time. She's a, she's a big R&B head and she had played the original um, by Player. The group is called Player, basically. And I known of uh, Smoke Diggler and Static Major and Player, but I never heard that song before whatever. So I was like, oh, this is kind of dope. I was like, "This would be pretty cool if I could like bring it up to date because the lyrics were cold to me, but the production is obviously super dated, and like also I just felt like production wise, I could I felt like it, it would have longer um, reach if if it was a like more of like a more simplified I guess or like more broken down more minimalistic, which is my style anyway. So I uh, hit my boy Slum up, and I had my my other homie do guitar, and then I hit Slum up when I when I when he played the guitar and everything whatever, and then I t- kind of told him like the direction like, hey, could you? you know, produce around this, make it feel like this kind of vibe. I'm trying to go for whatever. So he did that. And um, it was like, I got a chance to pay homage, basically to static major and smoke diggler who like be super dope um, producers and writers and, you know, get to, Rebirth uh, already really dope song But like rebirth it for like Our era So like It's more relevant to us
1: Okay Okay What would you say With the difficulty Of making this track Would you say This is like One of the more difficult Tracks to make Or was this Kind of like Fairly simple for you
0: Oh no This was uh super easy I actually Now I see why Beyonce is the way That she is Right where She don't write no music She just get people To give her songs I'm like Damn It's so easy Doing cover type records Like It's just so so easy, like the lyrics is already out in front of you. All you got to do is be responsible
1: for just performing it right. You know what I mean? And just putting your little flair on it. But Okay, okay. So that's One Man Woman. All right, so the fourth record, uh, Tonight. um, How did this record come across, or come about, I should say? So again, you know, a lot of Japanese Mm -hmm. influence in this. um, So you definitely had to reach out to the folks out there in Japan. Um, and I used you said Japan's pretty good. Was it still difficult to kind of get in touch with these guys or were they kind of already eager to kind of work with you on this record?
0: Nah, this one was super easy pretty much to make happen also because, like, I knew the sound. Basically, I knew the sound was going to work for Taichi Mukai. Um, that's my boy. I, I used to run with him, like, all the time. Like, when I was in, when I was living in Tokyo, like, that was, like, that was my, my, my dude, basically. Like, And I, I also, like, even though he younger than me, I looked up to him uh, as an artist out there because I kind of used him as my model for like where i wanted to be in r&b because i just love his whole aesthetic his his sound his swag like he just like he just dope he's just so cold like his even down to the fashion like i just go shopping with him like and ask him like yo where you get the so-and-so from like put me on gang. like put me into the right right shops out here like he just he's such a cool ass dude so um and he got he make a similar sound like that jazzy more cool vibe so i knew he would be perfect for it i knew he's gonna like it when he heard it so um, and he also he also liked me too right he wanted also like kind of bridge that gap he wanted to get a little bit more influence and um, influence over here in the states and I want that influence obviously in Japan so it just kind of like worked off also uh, you know worked out for both of us pretty much so um, but the record actually I had done first you know by myself I was actually sitting up one day mm. just being typical me wanting to create a, uh, a like a very Neptune's type record like that 2000s Neptunes type record and the original version sound it, it's the same chord progressions like it's the same melody but it sounds different it sounds literally like it was pulled straight off a real hard drive the original version of it it was like very much that and it was very dope and I could have put it out that way and I thought about it but then something told me you know what uh, let's mix it up a little bit and let's make it a little, you know let's make it a uh, Reach more than just those Neptune's NERD heads Let's like do something A little different So that's when I reached out To Slum to help out With production again On this one He did um, One Man Woman And then he also helped On production with this one So I was doing, like The piano chords And you know the, All the, the bass and sounds And all that And he just kind of Amplified it all You know in his own way And uh, yeah that's why it came out sounding The way that it sounded But originally it was Like super Neptune People still say it sounds Like it's a Neptune's Type record But it used to sound Ultra Neptune's Like I'm going to put The original out One of these days Like I'm going to Definitely definitely put that original out
1: okay yeah these japanese producers they are no joke I'm actually no slums actually korean any artist oh korean yeah, yeah, slums oh, korean. Wow. Korean.
0: korean taichi mukai is is japanese but uh slums korean though
1: okay i definitely was i think artists need to definitely expand their uh producer palette i'm about to say i know it's so easy to get a producer in the states but these yo, cats out the country listen, are nice new play these cats out the country <gasps> I know are yo, yo nice. Playboy
0: Cardi like that but playboy Cardi new album the uh, one of his I, I forgot the date what's this dude's name uh art dealer art dealer is also korean producer korean producer bro produced Cardi oh, wow. and made some of the best beats he, he made long time i ain't had shit in a long time that's one of the best beats on the project too for me and uh, he did some other joints on there too and he brews like half the, the damn near the new project so yeah it's definitely internationally it's some it's some fire out there you gotta go get it though imported fire okay imported fire
1: okay all right so we gotta talk about this record so i know you was just talking about you know pulling off pharrell's hard drive directly. Track five, Track Star literally sounds like you went onto his hard drive and took it straight off of there. How did Track Star uh, come into creation?
0: Same way, pretty much. I was like, I think at that time, I don't know. I know what it was. I had moved into my uh, my new apartment at the time. It was new to me, and now I'm way up out of there. But when I was new, when it was new to me. I had like set it up Like very much like me I don't, I don't know if you remember It's that really small Studio spot I had though But it was like Kind of It had like the, my lights up And I oh, had yeah, like yeah. My studio, my uh, director chair And everything And yeah That space right there I, It just The vibes were so cold I got my plants up And shit whatever It just like, The vibes were so hard It just had me in that Like Neptune's Like kind of like NDRD vibe That real vibe So everything I was making That's when I was just like You know what I'm finna do what I always wanted to do When I always wanted to just do records That pretty much sound like That nostalgia That NDRD Neptune's type era Like you know, I know it, it don't sell like that and mogs don't really be trying to hear it like that, especially not in this day and age, I didn't care. I wanted to do it for me. And this record was one of those things I was like, let me do like a strip N.E.R.D. type record now. Like, So I went for a very N.E.R.D., you know, production style. Um, it's, it's funny, too, because people thought the bass line was like all live or the guitar,
1: like and all that shit fake. Like, all that shit was done on free loops. That's all free loops not one live instrument it on there. sounds super it sounds super live though that's the crazy <laughs> part it sounds definitely more acoustic but definitely sounds super live which is which is interesting that you say that actually yeah, i started
0: to get real good at freaking the um the instruments to make them sound more like yeah sound more live sound more realistic and shit so that was that was my effort on that one and uh yeah same the same yeah same vibe pretty much wanting to recreate that and actually i had done um and i'm sorry that was me patching up the record i'm sorry let me take it back the actual record record I had even done even done before that like years before that like maybe back in
1: 2015 actually, I, but you are sick to be sitting on these records this long <laughs> like this this is actually this is actually lunatic level that, that's wild
0: literally 20, bro 2015 because I remember how I wrote that actually when I was um still signed up to BMG at that time doing songwriting and producing for them and uh, I had like one day I had, like, I did like a studio session with um with TK Mays though whatever and uh, we had like two other records. Maybe there's some extra time left. So I was like, hey, um, this was shit I'm fucking up with for myself forever. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, you should check this out. Maybe you can hop on this, whatever. So I wrote something for her. She did her part, whatever. But it sounded a little bit different back then. It was like, but it was still basically the same song. But then I remember I went back, like I said, once I got in that certain apartment, that apartment, and the vibes are there, I revisited it and like cleaned it up more. And uh, that's the version that's on the album now. And then I ended up having to change the freaking again just literally like two days ago like I think it was maybe even yesterday I don't even remember but right, yesterday two days ago had to change it again because of label interference in you know on, on TK's in and actually ended up working out for the best because I mean no no super shade to her but honestly the new version sound way better the new singer uh, Ash she just was a better fit for it to be honest so sometimes fate works like that where uh what they say when a, a door closes another one opens or a window opens or something like that you know what i mean it was like one of those things where i was like i ended up coming out of it At first i went into a stressed out
1: and then came out of the situation feeling better than ever okay so let me ask you this damn on the for dealing with uh labels I, must, I don't know if you're able to talk about this or not um what is because you brought this up a couple of times so what exactly is this problem that these labels are giving you because again i think it's crazy you know you got good records uh, you know, it's pretty much a win-win. You get promotion, and so does the future artist get promotion. Mm-hmm. What exact problem are these labels having um, with these records coming out? I've, I've never understood that. See,
0: if I was a bigger artist, like if I was Drake or if I was Ye, and I wanted to release these records whenever the fuck I wanted to release these records, it would be no problem because they see it as, like you said, or they they will see it actually as more so as like a benefit to them. But when it's when I'm a smaller artist and I'm working with bigger artists and I do things they see it more as like a hindrance or like a roadblock or a speed bump something in the way of their promotional run you know so they they wanted everything to work on their time and like when like kelani for example right like she's a big artist so if I wanted her to get on a record and I want to put out whatever to die Label gotta be, gotta see if it makes sense to them and what they working on and what they got planned for her and all that because they don't see it, basically. They see it as only she only helping me, and it's how, it's how it is for all the other artists that are like larger. They do that. I don't, I don't, now it's not all the time because PH is a huge artist, you know, so he's a huge artist, but uh, for him, is I think also it's like a relationship thing too, right? Like for him, I think because we are closer. That's a big part of it, right? Or like Moa Shop, obviously. I've never had any problems like that with Moa Shop because that's like my brother, so of course it's different. So that's a big part of it. Honestly, is like the relationship you have with the artist. Are they just your your music friend, or are they your actual friend? Friend, are they your actual like your homie for real nine times out of ten you could bet they're gonna go to bat they're gonna try to work it out but i've seen cases even or even heard about cases where uh nikki or wayne you know was trying to get certain records out but they couldn't get it right with drake's label and drake's team whatever or you know vice versa whatever like so there you deal with this basically period no matter what like in the game whatever it's just it's just something you got to deal with pretty much you got to deal with labels and their promotion their marketing team and what they got in mind and all that and play around their time and whatever and it gets in the way sometimes of what you want to do and that's why you hear like you said it's some great records that just never get hurt that just be chilling forever on a hard drive someplace. Or get leaked on YouTube at some point But never get a real release Because
1: of those kind of issues You know what I'm saying? Okay, okay Alright, so track six Great indoors So I, I saw and Peep That you had uh, Sir Michael Rocks on here um, And your boy yes, sir. Uh, Devin Morrison on here um, Now Sir Michael Rocks Definitely a, I would say a huge name Definitely like around 2013 Going mm-hmm. forward for a bit I know he kind of like Stepped into the shadows for a bit um, How did you get back in contact With, with Sir Michael? Because he seemed like he kind of like Faded off to the shadows for a bit And was kind of doing his own thing um, How did you two link back up?
0: Actually, uh, yeah Sir, yo, you know, <laughs> It sounds weird calling him Sir Michael Rocks Antoine, really, that's what I call But yeah, so basically, um, Sir Michael Rock, he he been there since like the beginning of my career Pretty much Like I think it was like a solid Maybe two years I had on my own If that, maybe like one year I had on my own Of just being me I was, I was like, you know Still doing my trade production stuff early on But once I like started getting out Into the Chicago scene He brought me in and let me, like, sit in the studio with him, whatever, and, like, run around, you know, just fucking buying honey buns from the gas station or whatever little stuff, whatever. Just being with him, you know what (laughs) what I mean? Like, and actually, even let me take it back. Even before that, actually, I just remember. I forgot. Uh, I met him even before that when I was still in high school when he was in Cool Kids. Like, and they was a thing back in, like, 2000. Oh, yeah. They were huge. Yeah, yeah. I I forgot. Listen, right. I forgot. Yeah, it came. I come back around. It was, like, yeah, 2004, 2005 or something or whatever. And um, I was young So then I was actually um, It just into me I wasn't doing music But I was just into like hip hop And I wanted to be in the scene I used to come around With my camera Like whatever And like try to do blog stuff Whatever for this, these other guys Like they had like Their own little blog And I would film cause I had a camera So I would just come in In sessions And I would get to film them And go to shows And film whatever And all and, and little stuff like that Whatever And we had gotten cool Whatever um, it Basically just my be, Me just kind of like Being like just like getting footage and stuff, and I used to like also like just like run a little errands, they be like part of the intern team. We had this this um this company called the movement. They used to manage them, whatever, like in Chicago and you know, be like their street team. And I used to be part of that little street team, whatever. But then like I said, years and years and years later, I obviously got older, I grew up, and I started making beats, and then I started to get a little bit, you know, uh respect on that end, yeah, and whatever, and then he had hurt the beats. A little hair on
1: your chest basically. <laughs> yeah, you okay, know what I mean? Okay. And then he had,
0: he was like, Yo, this is these is hard. So like you know what I'm saying, I would rock with the beats. So fast forward, like I said all these years on the by. He always been there as my big bro since forever, even when we working together um we still always was like at least within arms reach always pretty much like when there's an opportunity for us to connect we always would so when i was doing the album i was like oh on that beat i just <laughs> fucking needed a rapper right there and i'm like the only rapper i know who really can appreciate and do this justice would be um Antoine would be sir michael rocks he the only one you know what I'm saying because he also got he's also a pharrell NERD neptune's head and that beat is also again in that same vein so when i reached out he instantly you know Yo, I got you. I'm finna to write says to I got you, and he sent it right back. No problems. You know what I'm saying? Uh, and then uh, same thing with Devin too. Like I knew I wanted to get Devin on this one because I wanted to get him on something that was like very melodic. And I kind of already did like the most melodic records, like you know, One Man Woman or like Tonight and all that. And uh, this was the the one that I thought the last the last one that I thought he would uh, sound nice on. So I uh, reached out to him and thought okay. I had to know his partner. You know, I had to get him on the label mate, my bro.
1: So I gotta ask you this because I, pl- I played the ending of this song so many times because it reminded me of one of my favorite songs back from when I was super young. You know, I think Common dropped this joint called uh, "Punch Drunk Love," and the ending part of Great Door" sounds exactly like that. Was that like the reference for that, or does that something completely different? Well, that's exactly what that is. Yeah, it was a uh, like a little. <laughs> oh my god! Yeah, it's okay, like, it's
0: like an Easter egg, basically. I went throw that in because they're, they're gonna hear the song and they're instantly gonna be
1: like, "Okay, the full count." That was like one of my favorite beats Especially when Pharrell <laughs> did the remix to it I used to play the living dog shit out of that beat Every single day coming out, coming off of school Playing Common's version And switching over to Pharrell's version I loved the beat Loved it, loved it, loved it And fun fact actually He didn't even like the song Common didn't even like the song like that Which is why I didn't make the album oh. way back And so But he ended up just putting it out anyway And glad he did He, was, and it, he tweaked Definitely it was, it was a nice song And again that's what, It caught me off guard when I heard that at the end I was like this can't be what I think I'm hearing because I ain't played the song in a hot minute (laughs) but it it, it caught me way off guard that you uh, put that in there. so it's in here that you were bumping that uh, back then as well actually so we got track 7 which is Bad Haps not gonna lie this is one of my favorite records on here Uh, I love the hook on it especially I love the production like I love how you come in on it production wise Uh, so what was the inspiration behind this track This one was funny because actually I had this one. I'm gonna
0: try to make it like the the shortest version of the story, but it's kind of kind of funny how it all happened. So this is why I'm still living in Tokyo, mind you. Um going back to taichi mukai right? Like that's my boy, whatever. His manager, uh Naoki, is also like my manager in Japan. He ain't like we ain't on paperwork, but that's just like my bros. Like he he's like handles like a lot of shit for me. So he had brought me to a show um one night while I was out there. And um on stage, I was backstage whatever, but on stage was this dude uh Vandal, who I'm doing a record with also mm-hmm. at some point, but Jerome Vandal, whatever, um he was he was DJing whatever and he had this turned up set and I'm backstage, I'm I'm turned up so much, he got me just so inspired. I'm on, I'm now i on the stage pretty much with him turning up whatever and we just vibing off of each other, we just dancing like going in, he got a shirt off, he on <laughs> top of the table and stuff. I'm Billy Rockin' or whatever, like, and then we just had a good time. So, and mind you, we even we didn't even know each other. We just like just started vibing so hard. So when the set was over, I was just like, "Man, yo, you had a stellar Shay." He's like, "Yo, man, I appreciate your energy, bro." Like, I was feeding off. I was like, "Yo," vice versa. He was just like, "Um, you know, what are you up to out here?" I was like, "Oh, I'm a, you know, I'm an artist and I'm a producer or whatever." And he's like, "Oh, we're He's like, "Um, I got a session at um Red Bull Studios tomorrow. You should slide through whatever." I was like, "Okay, bet." So he sent me his contact, whatever. Um, slid up there whatever uh, my boy Starro was already up there who's uh, who Nauki also manages him and Jerovano and Staro was working on a record and I was kind of just like being like a fly on the wall mostly it's like they're cooling and then as, as they was working on something uh, they had played like they played something, and it was, it was like one chord that I heard but I, I heard it heard it differently and it just like made me just be like
1: I gotta do something you heard but, it differently yeah, but, that is that is the quote of the day <laughs> the quote of the day I heard it differently yeah it's crazy um, so I heard that I went into the other room So I remember There was a piano In there or
0: whatever I walked around So I seen a piano Went back to the piano Shut the dough Put my, my voice memo on. I, I live for the voice memo Put the voice memo on <laughs> uh, Start playing on the piano The chord that I heard In my head And then start playing Off that progression Whatever And then I had came up With that You know That syncopation that, that those chords And then the words And just started To come to me also just the, Or first the melody Like the little but but but. Done. And then the worst that kind of come to me, whatever. And I was like, oh, OK, I know what I'm going to do. And then once I got to that line where I was like, um, the only thing I missed about California was you in the end. And now once I got to that line, I was like, oh,
1: yeah, I'm, I'm feeling this record. I know what I'm going to do with this. It, it just, just sounds like you're getting literal downloads at this point. It reminds this, me right. of <laughs> literal downloads at this point, because I know when uh, Roddy Rich had did, the, you know, the box record, just the little, you know, quirky sounds in there thinking about how that came about you know everybody thinking you know a door just opened up and he was like you know what i think that sounds fire. and it was literally roddy so doing that, that too was, it was Roddy's voice him doing that's the crazy that's even crazier like I, said, I i thought you know maybe his producer opened the door by mistake and he was just like nope. oh you know <laughs> no that was roddy bro
0: he heard that he said he heard it on some michael jackson shit or something like that but i was like yo roddy is an artist yeah i got so much respect man i was bumping him heavy um when yeah when his his project dropped but but, yeah, similar, right? Always being uh, – just being open and absorbing to everything around you. And then it just, it just hits you. So, yeah, once that hit, I knew it was that line. Once that line came from me, I just wrapped it up at that point. I was like, all right, I'm going to finish this when I get home. And that's going to be that on that. So I started writing the record. I didn't have the beat at all, mind you. I just had the piano playing on my vo- on a voice note, whatever. And I just kept playing it back and forth, whatever, right into it a little bit. Until, again, years later, because that was when I was still living in Tokyo. This like Now it's like a year and a half, two uh-huh. years later – um, I'm revisiting my old voice notes when I'm working on the album. Like, I know I have some good ideas in here, so I'm going through and I find out when, like, oh yeah, this is the Red Bulls Tokyo one. So I start messing with it and then uh, caught my my guitarist in. Had him play what I played on piano. He played it on a guitar, whatever. And then I just started producing from there. And it's funny too because when I when I finished it up, I wasn't thinking about it. I just kind of just did whatever I felt at the time. Um, but people said that it ended up sounding it sounded like a John B type record, which I don't know if you know John B. But it's like a he's like a 90s R&B guy whatever. And I was like, fuck, you know what? They're right. I didn't even notice that. But I love 90s
1: R&B. So it kind of worked out. It sounds like a bunch of channeling and downloading is going on when you are creating these records. So what about the uh, the feature? Oh, uh, yeah. Tara. Now, how did you how did you get her on this record? Um, how did you sync up with her? How did that come about? that
0: was another one of those situations where it was like, I went into it more stressed and then walked out feeling better than ever. Cause I originally actually wanted Chuck English on that. Work. Oh, that's so my idea was again cool ever. kids
1: on it. The- oh man. I ain't heard the name <laughs> of He was a huge name as well. Same way uh, with Michael, uh, back then. I, I ain't heard mm-hmm.
0: the name in a cool minute. Yeah he's, yeah. he's still definitely bubbling. He got some fire. So I was like, and, and I feel like people definitely don't be reaching out to him enough on the, on the, uh, rap side. So I was like, Yo, I feel like it'd be cool to have the cool kids on my on my project, but like separately, whatever you know what I mean. So I had Sir Michael Rocks already, but then uh, I wanted to get Chuck on there. So mind you, I, I uh, sent him the record like two months in advance, and he kept being hit me like, "Yo, I'm a, I'm gonna get to it, I'm gonna get to it." My bad, I got half of the verse down, whatever. I just need to write the rest of it. He don't really work like you know like how I work, whatever. Like you know how a lot of artists work, just right like then on, then and there. He take his time, whatever. And nothing against it, whatever though, but it was messing with my schedule. So mind you, it got down to the wire. I'm literally already in France um doing the final master on it so like it's like it's, that's the only record left with the open feature like somebody gotta go in there. That, so basically. I'm like oh I gotta write another verse yeah I'm saying right so I'm like yo Chuck where's this verse I went bro I literally I remember my, uh, my, my uh, manager or not my man I'm sorry my, my, my label my literally hitting Chuck up like do you got the verse, man like literally <laughs> took the last day pretty much of mastering and him being like oh my bad man like you know i can't do it because of so and so whatever like i can get it to you like in a week we can have a week so i was like bro who who else do you got in mind what do you think we could do and he remember he's like yo you know it's this is girl i've been feeling you know what i'm saying uh for a minute you should check her out what do you think whatever so it's tara whatever so she did great he, she did uh, great me, on this
1: record
0: yeah she did, oh yeah she killed it so he, yeah he sent me yeah he sent me like a record or no, he played me a record of her. i was like oh she's perfect let's go so he got her in because she's a french artist also so in paris the, at the time she came by the studio whatever like the day before whatever we sat down you know she heard it she worked right then and there you know what i'm saying uh wrote her verse up um i like did like a little bit of help because she's french mind you so like i had to help her like, so, like the english okay. parts make it kind of fit and i and i remember i uh, same thing I, like with my boy ph like how i really wanted him to do some korean um i asked her like can you just throw at least some french in there like i want i, I want to always like emphasize like the international um you know international feel pretty much if i can so she threw that little t- bit in there of her speaking french in her verse too and it, it all flowed nicely and uh yeah she
1: killed it though man she she's she's cold she's super okay cold. so that, that's that's a, actually that's a very interesting backstory to bad habits now I gotta I gotta definitely re- excited to talk about this one so track eight affection. when I first heard this track I, I said immediately this is the most special track on the album. I'm about to say this for one it's <laughs> all you I'm about to, it doesn't seem like there's any features or anything like that on on this record um, nah, no features and just record. the way the story flows for the story the storyline flows across the song, the hook the production um, I personally think this is gonna be like the star record. Um, of the album when it drops um, and people start to listen to it Um, how did affection come into play and like how did you write the storyline for this it almost sounds like you took it straight out of your head uh and just put it there how did you put it together
0: i'm glad actually that you uh you rock with it like that i uh it's when i was coming up with the singles and they're like yo so what singles you want to do for the album whatever The, the the easy answers for me of course was like girls you know uh on my way or omw one man woman uh, and track star to me, whatever. uh Just for myself, whatever. Though, but I knew if I really I could do more, I would do bad habits also as a single, and I would definitely do affection as a single because I agree, I agree. It's one of it those kind of one of those records I just I think it's got some appeal. Got to it to it. It's kind of it. inspired by got Huda, a lot of soul. Yeah, come. Um, so I was listening to a lot of Mac Airs actually at that time. That's what I love, Mac Airs man and um so I bit the drums actually from Mac Ayers well, a Mac Ayers record he probably you know um, he ain't gonna hit his podcast <laughs> but uh, you know so what we did shout out to let me borrow them drums though bucko and uh yeah so I did that and then uh the chords I actually and so this is another one too I had for years bro I had this record even longer I had that record since 2000 2013 I did oh, so this record was made this, 13 actually I hope
1: that you know that this man Aish was an actual sicko uh the fact that you can hold on to a record that is 2021, sir. It is currently 2021. You know, what, the thing is this There's a thing be killing me because I know how I be, so I
0: don't even think about my favorite artists. I'm like, bro, what kind of heat are they just sitting on for nothing? That's eight like, because I know years, I do is it.
1: Eight, <laughs> Bro, somebody they hit, hit puberty. Bro, it's an eight year record. Hit bro, puberty, eight years grown a so full old. beard, got married, got kids, and you, like, you know what I think is time. Literally, and I, but yes, yeah, because here's the thing about
0: that one, right? Like, I had it for a minute, and it originally, um, it was written and produced for a different artist. It was for a different artist. I remember um, I had written it with like two other people, and I did the beat obviously completely myself. Whatever I brought it in, whatever. Um, but the way it, where it kicked off inspired was from a similar situation. So the girl that I was wrote the record for, whatever, she was messing with a, a popular artist at the time, whatever, and she was having this like these thoughts of like you know being like the you know the the, the supporter. Girlfriend, or this not even really girlfriend. This is the supporter, like you know. I don't know what you want to call it, flingo, or whatever. And that, and I was in a similar space at the time because I was still cool, you know, messing with Kelani at the time. Hmm. So, because of my situation, me and her, it was able to relate. So I'm writing mine, like like from my POV, watching Kalani blow up and her her shit going, and then how she doing it with Buddy you know what I'm saying and we kind of just meshed the ideas together about instead of writing a song about you know being the artist and writing a song to the person that's in the crowd us being the person in the crowd which is something I'm not used to obviously I'm an artist myself so it's weird me being the person in the crowd and that person being bigger and then you writing that song for them whatever so um, but yeah pandit it did that for like years ago. But I couldn't sing back then. I didn't, I didn't know how to sing, so it was for her, whatever. She ended up never really running with it, so I was just like, well, let me snatch that back, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And I, I revisited it because I knew I wanted to, I knew it was a special record to me, like I said, it was super special. So I, re, I re, um, re, uh, visited it with new production style, like I said, with the more like uh, Biting the Mac drums, Mac Ayer, Ayers drums to bring it up to date a little bit um got live instrumentation added to it because the original version sounded more like a um which i take it back this is kind of like a pharrell type record too i was actually thinking about pharrell also i think it's chord progressions but um it sounded way more neptunes like originally and then the new version sound just a little bit different mm-hmm. you know what i'm saying so that's where it came from um was like a little bit of like pulling where i was at in 2013 to where i was at in 2019 when i actually did this version of it and uh Yeah, it came out really dope. Like I said, this is one of my favorite records, too. I got a saxophone on there, which is something I've never done before. Like, you don't hear that too much. You know what I'm saying? So when you drop this record on YouTube...
1: I'll do the whole kitchen sink at this one. It needs to start off. The caps needs to say eight years. Just put eight years, period. And then begin the little (laughs) synopsis as to how it came to be. And again, for those of you that are listening, the fact that someone can sit on a song eight years and it still sounds like this... Is, that's that's a, tes- it's a testament I think though This is probably the oldest one though Eight years This is the oldest So
0: These songs are from Two to eight years old Every single song On this project So it's a I long time I think I was time. just getting
1: My first car bro. Like literally <laughs> I was right. just getting My first car <laughs> But yeah that was, that was, I want to say The gist of it Whatever I mean I hope people I hope people Take to it Because yeah It is a dope This, this has a done. lot of Star power This song I, I think this song Is going to be The song of the album Like I said I, And quote me on that I think this Is definitely going to be The song I think Bad Habits Is going to slap uh, man, fan. I know they're they rocking with tonight. Track star, but I think affection, like, I say, is a very that is a special record. I feel like you could play that in the car for your girl. You can play that in the car for your mom. You play it for your grandma. You could play it in the car with the guys. Just on some smooth stuff. You could play it anywhere. It, it's a it's
0: a clean record. It's also a record that I, um I, I envisioned. I hope like if I was to like you know let's say this one is go go up whatever for whatever reason. I'll, I'll hope it's like that YouTube cover record. Like I want to do one of those records where like if people heard it, it's like so it's simple enough and just so easy on the ears. Like it says like an easy listening kind of record. Ooh, Chloe needs who, to hop on
1: this. If that's the case, tell you know, Chloe she has been hopping on everything under the sun. She needs to go ahead and check this out. Okay, baby. Yeah, 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 yeah. She been doing covers almost every other day, looking good while she doing it too. But you know she been you know she been doing covers like every other day with uh, Trey and Armand, uh, the, the two uh, YouTube singers. And um actually they've been doing a pretty much a shit ton of covers, I'm about to say, but it would be Slide across co-
0: her desk. Yeah, I hope she do. That'd be nice, you know what I mean? Anybody really, I I would just be happy if if I get like just some kind of YouTube covers coming off this it's like it's just a, it's a record that's like kinda made for that. That's what nice. I, I envision it being.
1: This is this this is a nice record. Alright, so track nine for everything. How did this record come into existence?
0: this one uh obviously been out for a little minute too this one dropped what 2018 i want to say 19 2018 2019 he's probably holding on to it since 99 right no actually no this one was was actually on time actually it's funny because um i did this one like a random weekend i was out in la with my boy kiro one whatever he had a so the there's there's two versions of this record there's it's called uh what's his version called forever right and then mine's for everything whatever and i remember the reason why, the reason why there's two different versions because forever was the original one um and i liked it it was cool whatever but uh what happened we couldn't come to an agreement on uh the distributor for the record we couldn't and but the the thing though right i've I've had disagreements with artists before And was like, if you my bro, like, we always figure it out Like some way to do it, so that's what we did We had like a disagreement with the, distrib- the distributor we wanted to use So he wanted to use his, I wanted to use mine So we said, alright, you know what, let's just do this Let's just do two different versions of the record I'll do my own beat, you know, a new beat, whatever And you do the orig- You can pop the original one, whatever, that you produced And uh, we'll-, we'll just call it a day like that And it was no love lost, it was, you know, saying super cool So he put it, he was, he was like, alright, well I'm gonna put out my version Whatever, like, in like a week or something like that, whatever So you know, you better have yours pretty much um, put together by the end, or whatever. So they can kind of line up around each other. So I was like, all right, say less, whatever. So I remember I got off the phone with him and literally uh, instantly pulled out my laptop and just started trying to figure out what the hell I was going to do. So I remember I, I was with that the same girl who actually... Um, uh, who put me onto the player record I was dating her at the time So she was with me at the time I we were sitting in bed Whatever And I was trying to do some stuff On, on uh, the Oh I ain't have my keyboard I ain't have my keyboard I was trying to play off The literal laptop uh, buttons Whatever Laptop keyboard Oh you're wild so like, You're actually bro, wild. Was, I was struggling <laughs> bro I, no, I was not succeeding Mind you And she heard me struggling with it And I was like Damn man I'm trying to do these chords Blah blah, blah. And, and then she was just like Why don't you just like You know Why don't you just you know, Keep it simple And I was just like you know you know what, let me just try that out. Let me try that out. So I remember at that time also I was listening to um Shino Dynasty, whatever, you know, that weird Enigma artist, whatever, on Instagram. So I remember she had that uh that uh, imagination uh cover. So I was like, you know what? And also mind you, at this time too, Lo-Fi Hip Hop was cause it was starting to pop up and I remember laughing about it, like about how stupid lo-fi hip hop is cause it's just so easy. I'm like, Bro like If I was doing this I could be making a killing right now But I just My integrity won't allow me To do something like But <laughs> just as a, as a joke bro Cause literally I didn't have no time And I was like As a meme to myself basically And she was like Just do something simple I was like alright With no thought in mind bro 30 minutes in I just said Alright forget it Or 30 minutes of, of making a beat Pretty much I just spit that 30 minutes Basically chopping a sample up Um, and then doing those lo-fi drums I knew it would be super easy just to prove to not even to myself but just to myself but to everybody this shit is basic whatever I just did the beat like that whatever and then that's what it basically is is a sample and some drums with some lo-fi compression on it whatever and then I just threw my acapella from the original onto that whatever put it out and lo and behold I would have never guessed that it would have done what it done because that's like my second biggest record that I have to date
1: interesting wow that's that's interesting actually. So and it was like I said,
0: it, it, yeah, the original was you know it, that was it was uh, my, my boy Carol's, uh one whatever. I remember laughing about it because I'm like, I bet you wish you had a just did the record with me. You know, what I'm saying now because all these views would have been probably you know what I'm saying more towards your direction, but it would have never hit the same. It's just something about my my beat. Like when I did that beat it's just so simple and so just i don't know people just really rock with it. it and the real catalyst was uh it just for for no reason at all it blew up in like korea and malaysia or no no i'm sorry well korea malaysia and thailand and it's in asia period that song just blew up i don't know why bro if you go on youtube there's like two videos like two different youtube re-uploads of the song that have like near a million plays on it i don't know why just they love that song so much you know spotify is like that's my second biggest song behind do I do a Moe Shop, whatever. It just and it's to this day like it's still doing numbers. And I never shot a video for it. I didn't even do a proper album cover already. If you look at the art, the album, album artwork, it's something I threw together on on uh, Photoshop. My my two biggest crushes, which is Satomi Ishihara and uh, Kiko Mizuhara, I just <laughs> threw one there. Boom! Like it was the most low bro. This was the most low effort record I've done in a in like forever. If not the most low effort record I've ever done in my life, and it still did numbers
1: interesting did you ever think about not putting this record out after so i know you said that you would you know i think you and carol pretty much agreed that you all make your own uh beats to it did you at any point think to yourself you know what i'm gonna just kind of hold this record and probably do something completely different with it and or not put it out at all or would you kind of dead set on putting this record out
0: no i was dead set because i love the actual song itself like, like lyrically i remember when i was writing and i was thinking in my head um i was like inspired by like disney uh disney songs so that's why this song sound like the way it does kinda of, sound like a karaoke type record. Like it sound like, you know, sing-along. Like Disney mm. songs have that sing along vibe to it. Remember when I was writing it, whatever, like that's what was, the whole time I my head is that, like, I gotta have a little bit of this in there, a little bit of that in there. And it's gotta syncopate like this. It's gotta bounce like that, whatever. So I was really proud that I was able to get off you know, get that off of my head. Mind Josh does another record I did super fast. I wrote that in like an hour, um, and recorded it, whatever, and uh, I just I just love the lyrics and I love like the way it is written and everything. So I knew I wanted to put it out. No one way or another if it wasn't just kiro's production then it was gonna be you know the one that i did whatever but it's gonna have to come out like asap i just really wanted it out and i wanted to also take advantage of like i said him putting out his record i want to put my record out at the same time so that they had you know it wasn't like i didn't want them to hear his version and think mine is a remix i, I want them to know that uh it was a standalone this is, basically right it's a standalone right it's, it's my own this is my whole complete vision my own vision on the record okay
1: okay all right, so track 10. Now, this is also one of my favorite records on here, and I want to say that it has very eerie, like, kind of, yeah, to me, like an alien sounding sound. And sound. Um, what, what the hell was your inspiration for this Nice to Know You record? This one, also another one I sat on for a minute. I
0: had this one, I want to say, since... 20 like 2013 also like 2013. Now I didn't have any more than the hook. At the time I had the, the beat, I had a different version of the beat. It was like a more like a you know early earlier version like when I was like still good at produce but not really like the way that I am now um version and it had the hook just the this is coming true. I knew I wanted to do that, but I just didn't know anything more than that. So I just had it sitting in my voice notes again. Just all these years And then when I was Working on the album I was was like Let me pull out my voice notes And see what I got Basically
1: whoever Catches your voice notes Is basically going to Come up in life Essentially Bro Listen (laughs) I got
0: heat You know they, They used to be Back in the day Drake had this Blackberry This famous Blackberry That got lost When he was out in like I don't know Like Cabo Or something like that Whatever and it was like had all his like verses on it back in the day, or whatever. And he was like, you know, man, I got some cold verses in that blackberry that I lost and I'll never get back, whatever. And it was like, yeah, if I ever lost my voice notes or if, like if somebody found my phone, with my voice on it, they would have some heat. They'd be just be coming out with some, some shit, honestly.
1: <laughs> so how did you? How did you? What was the inspiration for the uh, the hook on this? Did, were you uh, like? Was it like a real life event, or you just kind of like putting together a story in your mind?
0: Uh, the hook was uh, actually just kind of abstract. I just knew that it it had a feeling to it. Like the song felt kind of sad. You know what I mean? Like the the, the melody, like whatever, like it sounded kind of like happy and sad. Like very melancholy. That's the word. It felt it felt very melancholy. So the hook also kind of, kind of had that vibe. It was kind of ambiguous. I didn't know where I wanted to go with it. Like I said, this is years ago. So fast forward to... 2019 when i'm like revising the voice notes now it's time to write the verses at that time i had just split with the girl who um i was with doing a lot of these records whatever and i remember uh when we he was talking it was broken up but we were still talking whatever just on some like friend stuff she told me she like went back to um you know talk to her ex again and you know whatever is on a third whatever and i took her story and then that's how i applied it because i, I kind of had some own you know i i, I think anybody can kind of relate to that give trying to give stuff a second chance and you know and it's mm. you know
1: always pan out like you know saying like I do in the movies. Whatever. Been live long enough, you definitely didn't been there. I think everybody's been there, done that. This record though, definitely like I said, just like affection, uh, definitely has that good kind of like standalone star power. Uh, when it's nice, it's short, it's sweet, um, but the message, uh, the message hits. The message of this song hits. Definitely can imagine just kind of playing this on the way home. You know, it's like eight, nine o'clock down on the E way, um, and just bumping this. Um, this is this is definitely also one of my favorite records on here um, as well. But uh, going to the next one, so track 11, um, the Etika, Etika Interlude. Um, so I know it's pretty obvious what the uh, inspiration behind this was, but I'm going to let you go ahead and talk about it anyway.
0: I mean, yeah, this one is funny, too, because... Uh this isn't one that I sat on actually. This one, this one, obviously, this came in the moment. And I remember uh, I had just found out about Etika actually not too long before he had passed. Because what happened was he went viral for having this like outbreak or you know outburst or whatever in his apartment. Where you, I don't know you, you know you know Etika right? Oh yeah, yes sir. Okay, a lot of smash, we, we love Smash. Yeah, yeah, we just, we, just, we we smash niggas. You know what I'm saying? So yeah, we gotta know Etika So. Um, but yeah he had just had the outburst when he was in his apartment you know and the police came 12 was up there like you know with the intercom and they try to break down his dough or whatever i remember he went viral it. i was laughing at it at the time because i'm just like this dude is absolutely wild who is this dude i looked i'm like oh okay he go hard for the, the anime whatever he you know he do the smash i'm like okay wait this dude come kind of and his birthday like like the day i think like the day after the day before mine or whatever like it was just too perfect i'm like this dude is like i feel like this kindred connection with this dude and then it was like, like I said, not long after that, maybe like a month or something. I don't, I, my timeline. They said I don't know for sure, but it was not long after that that he had passed away, whatever. And I remember when it happened, or actually, we didn't even know he had passed away because he just went missing first. He went missing and
1: it was kind of oh, yeah, all like, like following. Internet was going crazy at that. Time. Yeah, internet was yeah, going it was crazy trying to find
0: where. Yeah, where is this dude at? Whatever. Like, yeah, internet was going mad. YouTube, YouTubers and stuff like all these videos, and we on Twitter. You know, what I'm saying we all on the Joy Con Boys Discord, trying to like figure out what the fuck is going on. And then um, when it you know they found his uh, his switch you know on that bridge we knew it was gonna be a bad it was gonna be a bad an omen pretty much and uh, that video we seen that video of him they had went up with of him you know walking uh, hmm. which we assume is probably to to the bridge whatever and he was just apologized like yo I'm sorry y'all and it's not third and I just like it just man it just hit cause like I had been affected already really seriously when Triple X Centacion died and I wasn't even like no stand for for him I liked him a whole lot but I wasn't no stand far from it. But uh, just his death just came. It just hit me in this weird way. Like, I just didn't see it coming. It just really – it, like, made me – that was the first time I felt, like, in touch with my mortality, like, aware of my, um, you know, of my mortality. And then when the Etika John came, it kind of gave me those – it kind of hit me in a similar way where it just put me in this super, like, just sad spot. And then when it was confirmed, the news got confirmed, like, all I could do pretty much at that point was – it was it was it was just like to create pretty much like I I I was just in the, the that dark room whatever and I was just going through samples actually just going through samples like not even trying to make a beat just like wanting to hear something just wanting to get like get something in my head and then I had came across that sample it was like a Jaco Pastoria sample and um, it just felt the right. Sample just like, <laughs> the sample <laughs> game is actually crazy. The sample game is
1: actually crazy.
0: And this is a last of was I didn't even use like I got a bunch of in the bank, whatever. And that was one of those like I said that I had for years and years and years. It just didn't it didn't mean anything to me at the time. But when he passed, for some reason that one spoke it like it jumped out like use me. That's what it said. And then I pulled it out and I threw the you know, did my thing with the drums on there and, and produced it and uh the words just kinda came from I was like, I, what 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 do I wanna say? You know what I mean? Like and I already felt kinda weird also because 'cause I'm like, damn, like I just came across this dude, like I didn't even get a chance to, like, you know, I imagine people who was a fan of him for years and years and years, how they heart broke. But, like, my heart broke like this. I can imagine how they feeling. I'm like, you know, what What can I say, pretty much? And I just wanted to kind of, like, throw, like, a tribute pretty much to everything that he stood for. Like, the Stargazers and Believe in Yourself and, you know, just the power of that community, Joy-Con Boys. And that's that's what I went for, pretty much, is is uh, just pulling all, the, all that energy and, like, what made me feel good about following Etika and... On, on like, the spiritual side of things, you know what I'm saying? Not just his, like, antics, but, like, on the spiritual side of things, and that's where that record came from. This record was super important because this is the part that I don't get to, and I haven't got a chance to talk about whatever, is that, like I said, that awareness of mortality, like, how this record was, like, a, a symbol of that. Like, his passing was a symbol of that. So I have to put that on the album so they know, like... It's not just all, you know, I mean, I'm a happy-go-lucky person, right? You're going to have records like Trackstar and, you know, Affection and Girls and it's all mm-hmm. that. But there is a serious, like, a real big part of me that's very serious and is, that's very in tune with, the, you know, with myself. And, and, it, and then that's the part of me that also, like, you know, used to worship Kia Cuddy back in the day. and You know, and <laughs> it's didn't? all that dark <laughs> shit, you know, that, that emo shit, whatever, you know what I'm saying? In that sense, that part is very strong within me and it's, it's matured over the years. And now it ain't just angsty, teen. Now it's more like uh, I gotta get serious about life and always treat every day with the respect and appreciation that it deserves because we don't know like this might be my last conversation I'm having with you, and I always think about that kind of stuff. So this record had to be there to let people know that I am aware of that and this what it means to me. And I hope that they also you know think about it in the same way because life is short. You know we gotta always remember that.
1: Okay, crazy enough you say that I'm about to say just a small insert. I was at work. This happened a couple weeks ago. Uh, guy mm-hmm. i was working with uh we shook hands on friday came and found out he was dead on monday and i said we had no knowledge of that and it, t- it was crazy enough i don't know about I me mean, my parents would probably be you know wanting to shoot me if they heard me say this but it took for me to see that situation same way that you were just saying took me to see that to let me know mm-hmm. like you really never know when you know your next moments are which you know it's always cliche to say you know live life live for the now do what you're gonna do and get it done because like i said i didn't expect for him to be going like that we had been working together like the last four months and uh like i said we shook up on friday i had bought them lunch i had bought them put them on some vegan pizza and things of that sort mm-hmm. so you know i was just kind of you know being me bought some food in for him and we was kicking it It was friday he was getting ready to go kick it with his girl over the weekend parents was gone so he had the house to himself. so you already know he was home, and yep. uh so he you know he was making a call so we even got off work so you know we kind of just laughing it up and whatnot um, and when my director came in on Monday and told us that he had passed away over the weekend, kind of let me know, like, you really never know when time is. So is. I, I definitely can uh, speak to what you're saying when you say, you know, live your moments like you don't know when your next is. But, uh, OK, so the, the etiquette interlude definitely has a very interesting uh, backdrop for it. Yeah, if, um, I, if, I,
0: if I do another another podcast, I mean, I'm not going to say it'll be like the next episode, but I definitely do want to get more into it at some point. So we'll, we'll, either it'll be you and I or, or some some mix-up or whatever Oh, though, but, for sure uh, we, But yeah, yeah that's like a, for Hours on that Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, yeah Yeah, for sure I definitely had yeah, to revisit it though Because yeah, that's a that's, that's something super important too Okay
1: Alright, so track 12 I Feel Fly um, So this was a pretty short record um, What was the inspiration behind this? What were we trying to kind of Trying to accomplish with this record?
0: So this one uh, is <laughs> This one is my last like inspir- Inspired record pretty much It's there's a group called The Silvers From like back in the day This back like when The Jackson 5 Was like still Like new It was new on the scene And it was like A competing group You know how he's right It's Backstreet Boys you Don't and it's mind NSYNC. me I'm
1: googling this While you Yeah, you go- yeah Everybody gonna have, to, gonna have To google
0: The Silvers After this one
1: um, So boom You know
0: what I'm saying Basically like You always get that Competitor and the com- then the competitor to the Jackson 5 was the Silver. Oh looked like group. the Jackson
1: 5. Fro's just like him. <laughs> yo,
0: right? You know what I'm saying? And then look, they had a Foster Silvers. is like the Michael Jackson of the group, pretty much like the young one, big afro, like a little, little dude with a fire voice, you know what I'm saying? Uh, not as good as Michael, not even close, but like, but still fire voiceover. But I, I love that group. And I dare say, I can't say they're better than the Jacksons, though, but, yo, they really gave him a run for their money, especially in my book. But specifically, the, um, the producer, Leon Silver, uh, the older brother, he just so nice. Like I always love all his beats. Like I don't even know if I can call him beats in the '70s, but like his beats, his production was so cold. And uh, I, I still listen to the Silvers to this day so much, whatever. So I was like, I want to do like a Silvers type record. Just so gotta feel like it came out of the early '70s, like that Jackson Five era, you know, whatever. And like I was, I was also kind of thinking about like that, uh, like that '70s like cereal commercial kind of vibe too. So like it gotta be that happy go lucky kind of vibe. Like I thought like that could have instantly been a jingle back in the early '70s, like for like a cereal something like that. So. That's why it sounds the way that it does That's why I was pulling it from All the inspiration And then um, I knew I wanted a girl on there I just wasn't sure at the time who But then my, my best friend, uh, um, Ari Monterey uh, Ended up just having be at the crib one day Cooling with us And then uh, she was, you know, I, played her, I played her the, the, the track I said, yo, what do you think about this? You think me to throw something on here? And she was like, oh yeah, for sure I could definitely do something So I just had her throw her part in there And then it just came out the way that it came out So uh, she sounds beautiful on there
1: Okay And since you dropped That backdrop on it Now this actually Like the inspiration behind it Makes sense Because I can definitely Imagine like I said A group Like you said From back then Like in the 70s I feel fun Like singing a record Like that So that definitely Fits that mode of album random So when people hear this (laughs) They'll definitely be able To hear the song um, And it'll make more sense to them They'll probably hear it And think it sounds good But like I said The context Like I I definitely Wouldn't have gotten that Thinking about the silver Or anything like that I That would have Went right over my head (laughs)
0: <laughs> yeah, nobody really. I, I mean, I can see people thinking about Motown, like early Motown or something like that, like that seventies Motown, and they might hear it in that way. But they don't think the Silvers directly, unless you just know the Silvers, you might be like, oh, this kind of remind me of the Silvers record. Yeah, average person is uh, not gonna. And it's, gonna it's go also that my way. way of like bringing awareness to the Silvers too, because I feel like um, they definitely had their time, you know what I mean? But like they kind of died once they once that era ended. That was it. Like you don't really hear about them no more. So I want people to, like to go check them out and uh, definitely go back and listen to the Silvers, man. They cold to this day they still call i just went back and found like, a youtube video of like the the family like they're doing some like harmonizing and stuff together some show and i'm like and they still nice to this day okay all
1: right so track 13 so the ending thing so let me ask you this does this tie into the zombie intro uh induction or does this kind of like its own separate thing uh completely separate from that
0: it it does tie in um, In a sense It's another like ambiance record Like it's like a like a You know Environmental type record Like I try to set Like the mood Whatever um, But it's more so And I did this one Actually When I was Reflecting on my time In Japan I wasn't in Japan I was reflecting on my time In Japan So that's why It's like me In the station Like I, re- I remember Like those times Like I remember like like, you know, let's say I'm on the way to like do like a, a photo shoot, something like that, whatever, for some clothing brand, Japan, whatever, right? Like getting up, um, heading out, heading to this, this train station. Um, I used to live in uh, a few different places, but uh, my, my that the place I was thinking of specifically at that time was like Sakurashimachi, which is like this really dope area of, um, of Tokyo and you know getting on the train whatever the in toshi line and just riding that bitch and then you know getting off whatever might might and then it's funny thing is too because uh tokyo is like a big city but it's also not super big when you are a you know semi-popular black r&b you know producer whatever it's pretty easy to spot mm-hmm. that guy on the street if you there's only one is hashimoto running the streets of tokyo so i would get noticed all like all the time like it's Almost like when I'm in, in Chicago or like this other like you know LA and like that as you walking out and people be hey, A what's up? So when Japan was happening a lot too the same way. So just be, I, I that's why I had like the kid running up like Yo, Sashimoto. like that kind of like you know the whole experience there getting you know getting um uh, uh you know getting outside whatever walking my walk from the train station to the crib. It's always like really quiet and like really like once you like you leave the train station, it gets like into like the suburb like the actual like areas whatever where the mm-hmm. homes are. At, it gets really quiet because like. Japanese people in general just pretty quiet. Like it ain't like in the city, like out here, like you know, cars honking and people making noises and dogs barking. Or ain't it ain't like that. It's pretty quiet. So you just, it's just you and the sound of your feet hitting the pavement, pretty much whatever. And you get home, you know, at the sliding um the, uh, the door with the show, the shoji wall panel, the sliding door or whatever, and all that with the Tatsumi mats on the floor, whatever. And just yeah, try like I tried to build that whole vibe, build that whole scene with it, pretty much in the, the music uh, that goes throughout. Whatever is just. Some vibes. I'm, I'm just, I was just fucking with it. I, was, I just had that like in my mind for a minute on, on on piano originally, and then I had my boy come back and play it on uh guitar for me, whatever. Yeah, trying to try build that ambiance zombie uh intro, and this one's just, like all ambiance building, like world building, okay. world building music.
1: Okay, um, a little nugget for the listeners, I'm gonna say, like you said, joined, definitely join the patron. Uh, he told his yeah. patrons, like I said, that the uh, that the album also. Um, is out in Japan. Um, yep. He told us on Patreon, he's like, you know, if your tech skills is up, you can kind of play around with the VPN and kind of see what you can kind of finagle yourself uh, <laughs> to kind of get a little early listens or whatever. Um, he has a bonus record, actually. Uh, I think that's Cali to Japan, right? Yeah, Cali to Japan. I'm, I'm like, and I'm more bummed too because, I mean, I, I get
0: it, right? It, it's been since forever and a day. If you do a record in Japan or do a record release in Japan, you need a special record just for Japan. That's just how they, that's how they get down. That's how they bring it. Um, So, I needed to do a record just for them, and and then I did the Cali to to Japan record. Uh, I actually made that record also. Minute to God made that in 2017. I was living in Japan still. Still sicko. Still a sicko. (laughs) (laughs) Still sicko. But with my boy Slack, it was like my and he's he's my he's my favorite he's my favorite Japanese rapper for sure. Actually, Um, but yeah, I had to do a record with him, which was was like a big deal because ironically, see the part of Japan I was in. When I first moved to japan was actually fukuoka and it wasn't it wasn't tokyo it was in fukuoka i was out there for a minute like a year and uh he happened to live out there also but well, he was living between tokyo and there but he lived in fukuoka, fukuoka. so I was like what Yo, all the places like and and it, if he had been in tokyo i probably would have never linked with him because he'd been too busy it would have been everybody in the mama with access to him trying to get him to do stuff whatever because he's pop whatever but the fact that he off the grid out in fukuoka and i'm out there it was easier for me to link up with him because we the only two really rappers out there like that. So I got to really run, run with him. Like he bring me all these dope spots, like hip hop shows out there. Like I got to see the Fukuoka hip hop scene and man, they, they so nice man producers and, and, and rappers and, just like this the vibes and just the camaraderie of it all and then i went back to his create we record that record um and i did uh yeah we did like one version of it whatever and then like i did like a newer version with the drums that y'all hear right now but basically um when i found i wanted everybody to hear it but when i found out that japan you know when they say exclusive they mean it i mean you they get their record (laughs) and you and nobody else get it so it won't ever ever in our lifetime be available outside of japan uh, now listen somebody gonna upload it to youtube at some point or maybe even maybe the label might or something like that and y'all gonna hear it some way at some point but just not ever like on the american like you're not gonna get it on, on, a, on a vinyl album version which there is a vinyl album version it's not gonna be in a cassette version there's a cassette it's not gonna be on uh on spotify or apple music or anything like that unless you literally just happen to be in tokyo you pull out your spotify it's gonna be a, available all of a sudden that's just it but, um, but yeah It's a cool record Because I actually Rapped on it Which I don't ever do
1: Especially these days Whatever ever So it's unique mm. In that regard also Okay Alright so For those of you Who are listening If you You know Your tech skills are up Definitely make sure uh, You know You play with a VPN Or something like that And kind of uh, Get yourself squared away That's that's pretty much Going to be the only way That you can um, Hear that record But uh, yeah So catch your, Okay okay So you know Y'all know where to Get that record Or how to get mm-hmm. it Um, So that's pretty much the album So I want to ask you this Um, What is your favorite track on the album And what is your least favorite track on the album
0: (sighs) Favorite track on the album Uh, Man, that's a toughie That's a toughie I can like I have to actually rank. <laughs> I have to write them all down and rank them out to like
1: pick the number. Right, let me get it. What's your what's, your, what's your top two records? I mean, I, I mean, you do that. You do it like that. Top two records. Your two favorite two favorite records on the album. <sighs> uh,
0: hmm. Okay, let me. I'm, I said I have to literally. I gotta like look at. Okay, so zombie. And, see, I'm I'm tempted to honestly say my favorite record is the introduction. I'm tempted to say that, but I know the reason why I want to say that is just because I it's, it's just my favorite beat on the album. And, mm-hmm. and, it, and you know what I'm saying? it's not even the songs so it would be wrong to say it's the best I'm, but I ain't gonna lie yeah maybe my first actually my favorite record is Zombie the introduction just cause I just love that beat that's the kind of beat like matter of fact I play Um, I got VR like the Oculus whatever the Oculus whatever so I'll be playing uh, VR fishing which sounds lame as hell you would think but it's actually extremely mm. fun to play it's super fun and it's, like, just so, like, serene and chill to play. So, I'll, what I'll do is i hop on VR Fishing, and I have my own little playlist that you can put in the Oculus so you can, like, play your own music um, while you play. And I got that beat on there or whatever, and that's one that I can literally put on repeat, like, just repeat one and listen to it for, like, an hour and a half straight and never get tired of it. Like, I just love that beat so much. It just put me in such a zone so I would dare say that's my favorite one, just because of the actual, you know. But if you ask me what my my favorite actual record, record like record for real, like I guess I say for everything because to me that's just like one of my favorite songs I ever wrote, and it's just such a bop. And like and to this day, like it, it's, it did, it's doing great numbers and it did great numbers. But I still feel like man, like if I ever came across some large money or like you know a, a person who was popping whatever or something like that, he was like, yo, I'm gonna give you one look what do you want I would it would be to get that shit out there I would love to get for everything like have a music video for it a real promotional run behind it cause even though it's been out for a minute I just still feel like it's got led. like I just every time I hear it like I still feel like it should be on the radio even though it was sounding nothing on the radio I just know if it went on the radio people would take to it I know it's a kind of record that would do well and it'd be like 20 years from now Mog's on YouTube will be making like one-hit wonder, you know, videos about, yo, whatever happened to Ace Hashimoto, he did that for everything, I'm gonna definitely be a one-hit wonder, because I ain't making other hits besides that, but they'll be like, that's, that's one though, I know that's one that they'll go back to like, yo, that was a bop, that was hard, like, that's like the most commercial, lo-fi record I ever heard, like, it's just such a cool record. Cause so that's my favorite record. Like, it's one of my favorite records. Maybe my favorite, probably my favorite, like Hashimoto
1: record. Period. That I ever. That's I ever interesting. Used. Okay. Okay. So I know this is a very you know not an often asked question. Do you have a least favorite uh, track on this album, or do you just love them all? Um, as the- oh no, no, no! My least favorite record actually, which is,
0: <laughs> it's messed up though. But I'll say bad habits. You know, I know it's a great record. I like, and I know. And, and it's the funny thing is too, right? I played this record when it first was done back like years ago from my boy um, Tim LaRue and Tim LaRue is like the he was one of them guys right if you in the industry like you in, in the industry you know Tim and you know Tim were whole weights because he's got great he's a great cre- uh, mm-hmm. critic and he's got a great ear for music and that was his favorite record on the album and it was a lot was a lot of people favorite record that, that's hurt the project like yeah that Bad Habits to that, man, that's a great single right? you should run with that whatever I, that's my least favorite one but that's how I know for a fact it probably is a good record because I don't like it and it was the same way for records in the past that I've done that have you know that I hate it and I was like oh I just didn't really like that much but it turned out to be like the best record like the biggest one so yeah I would be surprised if Bad Habit turned out the same way because it's definitely my least favorite and and for no no personal reason too too much besides the fact that like it just uh, it just I don't know it just don't really it's not not the kind of record wide you don't do it for you yeah yeah if I I wasn't (laughs) me if if I didn't make the record and I wasn't me and I heard it I wouldn't go listen to more Ace Hashimoto because of that record I feel like the other records, though, if I heard Girls, I would want to check out to see what else I got to handle. Or if I got, uh, or if I heard One Man Woman, or if I heard Tonight, or Track Star or Great Indoors, or Affection, or For Everything. It would make me want to go hear some more Ace Hashimoto, me personally. But if I heard Bad Habits, I'd be like, oh, it's, it's, it's a great record. Like, it's, this dude's nice for sure, but it didn't make me feel
1: nothing, though. That is interesting, because like I said, like, you, like your boy Tim, I, I like Bad Habits a lot. Like, Affection is definitely the star record for me for sure, but Bad Habits is like my top runner-up. Like I said, the way it comes in, beat production, then the Britain to the hook is, like I said, is phenomenal to me, but it's crazy to hear that you say that that that's your least favorite record. That's interesting.
0: Oh so say, yeah, let's, 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 let's go ahead, we're going to wrap it up, I guess, towards here. Um, unless you had any
1: more, any more like specific questions. Um... I don't think I got too much for you. Like so I think you've done a, I must say did a good job pretty much breaking down the album, giving us a taste of, you know, who Ace Hashimoto is. Um I guess you could just kind of leave us with this. What is the model for Ace Hashimoto going forward? The model going
0: forward is gonna be I'm a you know, me as a person. As a person, right? Because uh I w I noticed, right, like in the in and like in just in just how it is now these days, right? Everybody wanna be famous. Everybody thinks they famous type. You know what I'm saying? Like Instagram, <laughs> you know what I mean? right you Wanna be seen, seen everything. They feel like everything they do deserves an audience. Like, oh, you know what? I'm I'm crying pretty... on IG Live. Oh, that cringe. I didn't even get to that. I ain't even speaking on that cringe. But yeah, that too, right? Like, like I'm going through something right now. What I'm going through, I feel like everybody needs to know. I gotta go and cry on TikTok right now. Like, you know what I'm saying? Or like I'm pretty funny. Everybody thinks I'm really funny. I should start my own, uh, you know, uh, Twitch channel or my own YouTube, whatever. I'm so funny, whatever. Everybody want to be famous, right? And it's like, it's just not okay to be regular no more. And here's me, right? Somebody who was, I, I say almost famous, almost famous, whatever, semi-famous, whatever. I'm definitely going places and mogs. Recognizing, you know, so I've definitely got in places because of who I am. I've definitely gotten coochie because of who I am, for sure. <laughs> but it's not important to me to be famous at all. At one point, I, it was. I mean, I thought it. I thought it was. I thought it was. It was something that meant something to me. But then the closer I got to it, the more I, I felt like this like anxiety. Like I didn't really want to be there. Like I was like, why am I? Why am I pushing myself to do this when I don't? I know deep down inside, I really don't want to do this. I don't really want to be famous. So why am I doing it? Because everybody else wants. It. It's that FOMO, right? Like fear of missing out on money, fear of missing out on opportunities, fear of missing out on you know this life that i maybe i quote unquote deserve or whatever the hell and it's like dude life to what i realized like i said after that triple x death man life is just life it's it's like all good man like you know not everybody gotta be famous like so the ace hashimoto model going forward is just like i'm just a person i make music like i make dope music i know it's better than than amateur shit you know what i'm saying whatever but at the end of the day i'm still just a person like i'm just a you know, whatever. Like, I'm not trying to – I'm not – me personally, I'm not trying to famous. Some people are, right? Cardi B, Drake, they need that. They need the camera. They need paparazzi and all that. I personally don't want it. I really never wanted it. Um, I just want to be a regular nigga. I do IT. You know what I'm saying? That's my regular job. And <laughs> when I'm not doing that, I'm making music or I got my own my own IT business. You know what I'm saying? And I'm starting up and work. You know what I'm saying? i building up clientele for doing that. You know what I'm saying? I'm going to do other stuff. i'm I'm, I'm watching youtube videos having a good time i might do some youtube videos myself uh you know i love horror movies i might do some youtube videos on horror movies i might do some podcasts talking about like i said uh uh, just like life in general or whatever like career advice or like in music or in it or whatever or technology and you know history or whatever like i'm interested in so many different things i'm just like i'm not doing nothing to, to be nobody or do nothing extra like it's it's all fun Like it's no schedule It's no managers It's no deadlines It's just having a good time Just throwing it out
1: there And having a good time Okay Okay I I feel like you Definitely giving the listeners An earful today um, Before you dip out um, Can you please let the listeners Know where to find you at um, On Patreon, YouTube, Twitter All that good stuff Oh yeah If they
0: hear nine times out of ten they, they done found me from one of those Social media platforms Whether it be through Instagram You know uh, Ace Hashimoto or if it's uh Twitter on Ace Hashimoto, you know, or uh my Patreon is the most important thing though. That's just patreon.com forward slash Hashimoto. Man, y'all gotta get down with the the, the Patreon. I, I can't stress it enough. Like I gotta say it again. The Patreon is like my favorite community. We do like the, the the monthly group video chats, you know what I'm saying? Where we can all get together and talk about whatever. We don't talk about music all the time. We talk about TV shows, we talk about video games, we talk about fashion, anime, uh Whatever the hell, is the weather, traveling, COVID-19, whatever, like, we just ha- chopping it up, having a good time, uh, you know, and then also, you know, I get to release my, like, snippets there, like, stuff I'm working on, or, like, I get to release, like, older records, whatever, that, like, you know, maybe, you know, if I didn't get, like, the right light, light, whatever, I might, you know, bring those back or something, or I'll bring on some old photos and, like, tell some backstories and, you know, just i'm just having a good time on patreon like i said everybody there want to be there that's why i love it so much it's like a real community and i'm really trying to build that up even more so uh yeah y'all gotta follow the patreon that's like all that i ask if i end this podcast with at least one or two new patreon mocks my goal is to get to a thousand patrons if i get to a thousand i'll be ultra happy with that um but yeah we on the, we on the way though we got some time to go
1: okay All right. Well, y'all heard it here. Uh, I must say, go sign up to this man's Patreon so that y'all can get the, you know, the unreleased good stuff. And y'all can also just be included um, in the community that he's creating. Um, Y'all go and cop, play make believe. Um, It does hit the stores uh, digitally uh, for us in the States, uh, May 21st. Uh, So be on the lookout for that. Uh, Like I say, we don't know when we get the next podcast or, you know, hitting up for you all. But, you know, another one may happen. It may not. Um, I must say I enjoyed myself today. Um, I'm sure Ace did as well. Um, I must say we hope that you all uh, you know cop the album and enjoyed as much as we did.
0: Oh yeah, they got a nice lengthy podcast. I don't, I don't know what, what this is gonna look like when I edited it down though, but we got about definitely well over an hour. I don't think I listened to this much podcast unless I was what, like listening a true crime podcast or some shit, whatever. But yeah, they gonna this gonna hold them down for a minute. you might they might want to listen to this probably over the course of a few days, like maybe like 20 minutes at a time or something, three minutes at a time. But yeah, I thank y'all uh for popping out and uh and checking it out and uh yeah, stay tuned, get that album like he said, May twenty first. Um, if it ain't already out by the time you hit this. and uh appreciate y'all. Love y'all. Peace.